Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mutant brethren, action must be taken. They have taken John, and we don't need the key. We'll break in. Something must be done about vengeance, a badge, and a gun, because Jace, I'll rip the mic, rip the stage, rip the system. I was born to rage against them. Let's go. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. We don't need the key, we're breaking. breaking. Something must be done about vengeance, a badge, and a gun. So rip the mic, rip the stage, rip the stage. Yeah. I was born to rage against the fist in your face, and the flesh, and I'm about to stop, really. Welcome to the Gifted After Show. We're talking season two, episode 10. Enemy of my enemy. We're talking all about everything that just went down with Jace, with Andy, with everything and the purifiers. Jace has shown his true colors, it seems. We almost got him back here for a second, but no. (laughs) It appears that coincidence has brought us back to the brink of destruction with the purifiers and the underground and the inner circle. Oh boy, what a way to kick off the new year, guys. Seriously. We were going to cover both episodes in one hour, but I felt that it would be a disservice to you after watching the episode, and I really enjoyed the episode. As always, I'm your host, Stephen Lemieux, here uh, talking about The Gifted, and I'm joined today for this episode by Steph Sabra. What's up, you guys? Happy New Year. And later tonight at 7 Pacific, uh, we will be talking about episode 11, Memento. We haven't watched it yet, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, with the full panel, as far as I know, I believe Heather and Tehran. Tehran's outside right now watching the episode. So he better be here. So he better be here. Because <laughs> if he's not here, it means he left. Um, but we have an action-packed episode to talk about. First half, a little less action-packed than the second half, but still some major story developments. We're going to be talking about Jace. We're going to be talking about John and Blink. We're going to be talking about The Plan. We're going to be talking about Lorna and Andy. We're going to be talking about Lorna and Marcos. We're going to be talking about Andy and Parents. We're going to be talking about Andy and Lauren. We're going to be talking about Capri Sun. <laughs> Capri Sun. Capri Sun. We're... I'm about this episode. I liked it. Me too. I... I... We were talking outside the studio a little bit about how the beginning was slow. I do agree, but it was worth it. They made it worth it at the end. It was exactly what I've been wanting to see the whole season. Yeah. It was like the re-reunion, like the fighting re- together. Remix. Right? Exactly. So we got Lorna and Andy back with the underground for a common goal of saving John. <laughs> because John was stupid. And got himself captured when he really could have just pushed that dumpster into the truck. But it's okay. We're not going to dwell on the mistakes yeah. of the past when adrenaline's pumping. Um, so, the situation we are in is that John has been taken to a purifier bunker in the mm-hmm. middle of Virginia. They're trying to figure out what the deal is. They're interrogating John. And we are introduced to Jace's dilemma right now. So the purifiers want to torture him. And Jace is still kind of on the fence about that because he just wants the information. He wants to know what the hell is going on. And everyone thinks that John won't break. But then John gives them a little bit of information about the inner circle. 
And Jace is like, wait a second, what's the inner yeah. circle? <laughs> and he's like, you're lying to me. And then John's like, well, what if Andy and Lorna join the inner circle? And then Jace is like, that all adds it up. It all adds up. <laughs> but then coincidence will have it that this was this precise moment that Andy and Lorna decided to team up with or decided to help out the underground to get John back. And then Jace just goes off the freaking deep end. I think this is the first time we've seen emotion yeah. from him in a long time. I agree. I think, like, building up to this point, we saw him get angry, but never really just dive off the deep end. I mean, it's not very common you get to see somebody, like, unload a shotgun into another character and have that character not be dead at the end of that scene. From five feet away. From five feet away. It was, I was like, no, he's not. No, he's, okay, he did it. And then he did it again. So John can survive two Point Lake shotguns to the chest. Meanwhile, freaking Onyx, what's the guy's name? Shatter. Shatter, shatter can't survive like one special 50 cal bullet. He, sh- he yeah. straight up shatters. Shattered. That's crazy. Yeah. I know I try not to think of the logistics. <laughs> it's like John is just really, really uber powerful. Mm-hmm. I thought the shotgun would do a lot more damage than it did. Same. I actually was worried from that close just because we've seen him weaker, a little weaker this yeah. season. That he was, I was worried that one shot was going to be all it took. But I think that they did good writing and filled some of the blanks of what I've been curious about, John, which I, I know that I feel like now we can say he's been weaker because he really thinks Lorna and Andy left because it, he couldn't convince them. Yeah, he's definitely putting all of this on himself. Uh, what I'm kind of interested to know is if we'll ever get more background on the Marine Corps Mutant Corps, because we're kind of introduced to that, Yeah, which would be a really easy way to bring in Wolverine, which would be kind of cool, and bring in a few of the other mutants that, from those kind of like side stories that they've created in the comics, would be really great. But I'm also kind of terrified because it makes sense that anyone in the Marine Corps Mutant Corps would have been pushed towards the Hound program or some similar mm-hmm. programs like that. So we could get some really dark paths down with John's old friends, aside from the one that we've already seen in the season one. Oh, that, Pulse, yeah. He's gone now. And they and going off that point, they he Jace name-dropped X-Men like five times. Yeah. So it could be a really cool segue. And Fox naturally owns X-Men at this moment. And Marvel is moving towards, if you guys didn't know about this, Marvel is kind of canceling all of their auxiliary shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think The Gifted is somewhere in this weird stage where between last season and this one, they didn't know what was going on because of the whole Disney-Marvel buyout. And now on the verge of season three of this show, it's kind of in the same place, I believe, because of the whole... Marvel, Disney trying to create their own streaming service and everything like that. So I don't know what the future holds for X-Men content like this, but it doesn't feel like Fox is letting the show go, which is really cool. Yeah, we haven't heard any news from it, so I would think that they're trying to work out something to continue it. Yeah, this doesn't necessarily fall under the Marvel umbrella of the Netflix shows, so that's why you're seeing all the Netflix shows Mm -hmm. canceled because of their contract. But with this show, it's X-Men and Marvel and Fox are trying to work together on the next X-Men kind of thing, but I don't think it's being included in all these deals right now. So I think we're safe to say that Gifted will probably get a season three. Prediction-wise, I think we're 
pretty safe to say it'll get a season three. It's just so because what do we have eleven, twelve, and thirteen if we're going off last season? Yeah, but Bree said there might be sixteen episodes okay, this season. That'd be awesome. Then I don't they know. have time. We have uh, Michael Young is putting it, penciling it in to join us for the finale. Heck. Yes. Need some of that that one youngster nerd yes. soul energy coming on in here. I want to know what he thought of this season because I haven't talked to him about The Gifted. Same. I, yeah, I've talked to him about some other stuff, but not The Gifted. I would love to have his opinion. We have 24 people watching right now. You guys, you rock. Which is, which is awesome. Shout out to you guys. If you're watching, please hit that thumbs up to keep us searchable. Leave a comment after the stream is over and we can definitely reply to you. And hit that subscribe button because AfterBuzz TV produces the most after shows for nearly all of your favorite TV shows. Literally, we do 100 shows a week here. It's crazy. But for any TV shows that you like, we probably have an after show for it. And if you don't, tweet at us and we'll try to get it going because that's kind of what we're about. But we got a bunch of different channels. So if you like reality, go subscribe to the reality channel. If you like reality competition, go subscribe to the reality competition channel. Um, fun fact about AfterBuzz TV is we don't really make money on all this kind of stuff. It's all free for you guys. And uh, we do it because we love educating hosts and we love providing a place for hosts to get you know, experience. Totally. You know that whole conundrum of like, like you can't get a job without experience and you can't get experience without a job. It's so relatable. It's insane. That's basically <laughs> what AfterBuzz TV is for, for yeah. hosts and people in the industry out in LA. We're, we're the place for people to get experience and really like develop a community out here. Mm-hmm. So it is a really close to our heart place. So if you can support us in any way you can, um, we'll have a Patreon soon, but for now, just any, anything, just hitting those likes, subscribing, um, Following the hosts on social media of any of your shows that you hear, just talking to them. Hosts really just appreciate it. And I know the creators love the fan interaction, too, because if you watch this show, yep. you're watching it alongside the showrunners and the writers and and, and everyone like that. Uh, even, like, Killjoys, if people watch Killjoys, even some, like, things get written in based on the after shows and based on the jokes the hosts Totally. Say. And comment on iTunes. Should we? Say, I like those the best. Yeah, you guys should definitely. <laughs> like I'll, I'll throw it into the same thing because we have some time. Um, go to iTunes. Leave us a five star rating if you if you enjoy the show, and uh, you know, leave us a comment. I'm actually looking it up right now so I can shout out anyone who commented over the break because it's obviously 2019, obviously, and I'm excited about that because we got a whole year ahead of you guys for a bunch of cool stuff that's coming up. So definitely stay tuned to the whole AfterBuzz TV phenomenon, phenomenon, do 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 do. Sorry, I'm. I haven't noticed your hair. Yes, you guys, doesn't it look wonderful? For our audio listeners, I shaved my head. It's amazing. Sorry, this is a bit of tangential. Um, let's see, December fifth. Did we already shout out all Atlanta Word Finder? I don't think so. All right. Well, shout out to Atlanta Wordfinder says I have no one to discuss this show with in real life. It's always great listening to you guys the next day. Quick note, the inventor of dynamite didn't receive. Oh, uh, yeah. Alfred Nobel. He started the Alfred. So, yeah, I, I did a bit I of a. I remember talking about that. I did. I did say a bit of wrong information on the last episode that I was kicking myself for because I totally split it up in my mind. The creator of Dynamite was Alfred Nobel, and he hated his invention so much that he created the Alfred Nobel Peace Prize to award people who benefited the world in some way other than dynamite. That's so cool. So literally like all of our YouTube comments weren't about our opinions on the gifted. They were all about telling me how much of an idiot I was (laughs) for getting that information wrong. So (laughs) 
I apologize. But anyway, guys, hope you enjoy the show. Hope you're enjoying it so far. Again, we'll be back at 7 p.m. tonight to talk episode 11, but we still got a lot to talk about for episode 10. So let's uh, keep going in. We talked about Jace. Uh, he's officially off the deep end now. He's officially anti-mutant. Um, he's the he's going to go feel pure. He's going to go full purifier. And what do you think that means for Jace, Steph? I think it will be really scary. I, I haven't seen him this hyped up. Like we thought we saw him hyped up, um, especially when his wife left. But this was next level. So I really think this is going to be very organized. He's going to reach out to whoever he can, go on the news, be the fully the face of it, um, and I think really go after the inner circle now. And but I'm not sure if he'll take the advice of the inner circle. But he's going for the mutant underground. Hard. This is what Kobe Bell said. He said, I lost everything! (laughs) I lost my daughter! I lost my wife! I lost my job! He took it from me! (laughs) And that was in an interview. Oh, wait, no, that was in the show. Sorry, guys. (laughs) So I think he's, uh... I think he's gonna go hunt some mutants. I think we're gonna see some old contacts come come to... the surface. Yeah. Because I think he knows about the inner circle now. Yeah. And, and if anyone, everyone who hates Jace, whatever, I don't care. The fact that we now have an antagonist to the mutants who knows about the inner circle is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's freaking great mm-hmm. because it means from the top of the purifiers down nobody knows about the inner circle and now somebody does and it's Jace and he's gonna go freaking cause some craziness and that's Awesome to and me. And he has access to the media. So that, and they did show that Ryan's hour, I believe it is, today, yeah. this episode. So it might be um, showing what he's going to do next. But, um, and I'm wondering, like, will he bring the Hound program back? I know that they destroyed it, but something like that, he could still have access to doctors. Uh, it's scary. You know, I don't even think it needs to be the Hound program. I think if Jace just went straight up Punisher mm. and is like the human versus mutant Punisher. That would be a great storyline to insert into this show. And with the parallel of Andy, both of them have that kind of genocidal talk a little bit going yeah. on. <laughs> and, like, if you have, like, now we have two main characters on complete opposite sides of the fence that aren't about the whole betterment of anything. Andy's, like, betterment of mutants, but, like, the humans that do this. Andy's, we'll talk about him soon, but he's developing things similar to Rebecca. He's... He's blaming himself for Rebecca's death, but he's blaming humans for what led her there. Oh, totally. And it's kind of creating... And smiling at pain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it hurts so good. <laughs> I'm Andy. Oh, no! Oh, God. Uh, shout out to people in the chat. Alexander Vinegar says, Jace went too far. Rainbow and Fudge Vlog says, I hope he has a horrible death. Taya Davies says, but he thought that John was lying about that. Yes, he thought John was lying about that, but all he's going to do is do some digging and realize yeah. that it's a thing. Jace isn't stupid. He's just flawed, which means that he's going to research whatever leads he got from this moment. Um, Because he could 
find out that everyone's involved in the inner circle. Alyssa Ramos says, I don't think he believes yet about the inner circle, but something else is going to happen that will make him believe. I think all he has to do is research the inner circle and people are going to come after him. Reva's going to send people after Jace and Jace is going to kill whoever she sends. So who could Reva send in the next episode or two after Jace from her team that gets killed by Jace? Could we lose a Frost sister? Could we lose Sage? Could we lose somebody from the main squad of Inner Circle? It'd be yeah, interesting. Yeah, someone's going to die. One of the mutants has and to die. And they have Fade season. back now, so maybe Jace will take out Fade. Like, I'd love to see a scene where Jace is researching on a computer and he just, like, senses something's different and, like, dodges out of the way just for a bullet to go through the computer. Oh. And then he has, a, like, a, a fight out with an invisible man and kills Fade. That would be dope. As much as you hate Jace, that would be freaking cool. Like, yeah. you can't even deny that. So, I'm excited where they're taking Jace. I'm not excited that he didn't get his redemption story that I always predicted that he'd get. I still think at the end he'll get some form of it, but not to the point that I originally thought. Let's go ahead and talk about John and Blink. Okay, yes. Um, so, John and Blink, Blink convinces everyone that Marcos should reach out to Lorna and that we gotta save John because we made a promise. I know the flashback. We made a promise right after you cheated in that game of pool against John and we were friends and stuff. I don't know. That scene felt really forced. It was like, hey, let's throw a flashback in here just so we can reference it later. Yeah, I would have believed that they made a promise because they were like all writing for the same gang for so long. Yeah, like I didn't I didn't need that scene for them to have the promise. She should have. She shouldn't have even needed to be reminded of the promise to know that John has always been on her side, never used any sort of violent tactics against her. Like, that's ridiculous. Lorna actually surprised me this episode, but I know we're talking about Blink and John. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like, all all Marcos should have had to say to Lorna when she gave him, like, talk back, he, he should have been like, Lorna, it's John. Yeah. Like, that's all, that's all it should have needed. Out of everyone, John is the number one because he's always been the most loyal to the soil. He brought everyone together. Did you say loyal to the soil? Loyal to the soil, baby. Guys, that is a new phrase I have never heard before. <laughs> Steph Sabra opening the mind. So, John is stuck in this in this barracks and... Uh, Blink convinces Marcos to reach out to the inner circle. Marcos reaches out to Lorna using Fade as the bargaining chip, basically just to get a meeting. And it was nice that he used Fade's phone. Lorna's like, why is Fade calling me? Like, what's this dude? He's like, send nudes. Like, Fade probably has been (laughs) texting Lorna, like, crazy stuff. And she's like, God, I don't want to talk to this guy right now. Um, So that's how we get the, the situation. Andy convinces Lorna, which I thought was a good moment. Um, I didn't think it made sense because I didn't think Lorna should have needed convincing. Exactly. But we do get to see a little bit of Andy's side here of like, he's loyal to the cause, but he still considers the underground friends. Which is good. Yeah. Andy really confused me this episode because I think it is good writing that he's more complex than Mm -hmm. just an angsty teen. He obviously has... Some values and belief, but he's so impressionable. So he believes everything he's been told, and now it's become like violent and embedded in his head. But he does still care about his loved ones. So what? What my question to you, real quick, because we're going to go ahead and talk about Andy after the plan, but we can talk a little bit about him now. Is do you think his violent tendencies have to do with? Rebecca, or do you think it's just absolute power corrupts absolutely? Because we saw it with the Struckers, with the Von Struckers before, and we even see it to some degree with Lauren. Like when they talked about the casualties at the bunker, they're like 15 people injured, a couple are dead, 
And when Andy and Lauren are walking through there, like, she's throwing people around, too. Like, you think breaking the guy's legs is terrible. Like, Lauren, you threw a guy into a wall. Like, yeah. you threw a guy into a door. Like, you don't know. You could have broken his back. Like, you don't know. Like, Andy didn't mean to kill Rebecca. He still killed Rebecca. The only difference between that scene and what in the knee cracking was that they were shooting at a lot of them were shooting at them. And obviously they were all holding someone hostage. So it's not it's not as terrible as like Trish inflicting so much pain in someone as opposed to just disarming them when it's just one against you. Um, But I see in Lauren too. this episode, there is a turn going on. And I I don't think it's Rebecca. I think Rebecca probably was another added reason for Andy to become more extreme. But I do think it has to do with power. I think when you're so powerful, but all of society treats you like a freak, it it would engage a really sadistic side in your brain because you're just you want to show how powerful you are and how how could they ever disrespect you kind of like not letting you live when you you do have abilities and they don't. Yeah, and Lauren also doesn't actually know what it's like mm-hmm. to be viewed as a monster. She's never really experienced that. She had the quick thing with her, the sleepover where it was almost revealed that she was a mutant, but it wasn't. And the parents have always viewed her as like Lauren's the good child. And even with Andy at the end where the parents viewed him that way, like that kind of set him off too because that's kind of how he looked at Rebecca in that moment. Um I don't know. I think Lauren has the same darkness inside her, too. It's just she's more tied in with her parents. And that's the only reason that she hasn't succumbed to it is because they're human. So she's grounded in the fact that, like, she's related to humans. Maybe. And she's always been, I think, way more empathetic just naturally than Andy. But I do see that kind of Von Strucker side in both of them coming out. Like yeah. Her gaze the entire episode was really dark. Great acting, too, I think, on Lauren's side. Well, we also saw the ending. The ending was straight up foreshadowing the fact that they're becoming similar, even with, like... Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what you believe in. When your belief gets to a certain point, you have strong beliefs just like the person next to you has strong beliefs. Even if they're opposite, the feeling behind it is the same. So that's what they were showing at the end of the episode is Andy's belief in tearing in destroying to build up and Lauren's belief in protecting to build up. And also now destroying inner circle. Yeah. Well, that's what Lauren wants to do. Yeah, now. And Andy wants to destroy humans. Kind of. I think he just wants to... He doesn't... I think Andy's still a kid, and we... I think his is written as a kid where you're going to say really dramatic things. Like, he was saying that to his human mom. Yeah. So, I don't think he really means that, but that is, I think, what the inner circle has put in his brain subconsciously. That that's kind of where things are going. If you're not with us, then you're going to die. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's in that group that is the Magneto kind of crew. Just... Sorry. Go no, on. go for it. Jasper Burrs made a good point that he's like, are we not going to talk about Blink and her powers? She seriously sent a bullet to hit that guy. That was pretty dope. <laughs> that was really cool. Right? Like, <laughs> zoop, zoop. And that was another time where I, that's why I was saying Lauren's situation was a little different because they were shooting at them. And Grind, uh, Gix Rider says Andy's darkness and hatred comes from his love for his family, which is interesting to say that. Because he did use the excuse of the man trying to shoot his sister as what set him off in his hatred. And because they're so tied in together, like him and Lauren can feel what each other feels like an attack on his sister is almost the exact same as an attack on himself. 
So if she feels fear of the gun, then he feels that fear too and is going to react in a different way as well. So that's how she also knows that he's experiencing like intense sadness for everything that he's had to go through in the past. Mm -hmm. So they've written the characters really well. I'm excited where they've gone. I really liked seeing Andy and people in the chat are saying that they hate that Andy was pretending like nothing happened with with Reed and, and Kate. I don't necessarily agree that I hate that. Um, yeah. If anyone's ever dealt with addiction or anything in your life, uh, when somebody like breaks off from the family in such a huge way, and then it's a situation where everybody's around and it's extended family, and then they show up, you don't really just like pull the cap off that argument. You just kind of pretend everything's normal, like because you have to. Like you don't. You don't want to open that can of worms if nothing's going to force you to open that can of worms. Does that make sense? No, I totally understand that feeling and know exactly what that's like and it's true. You don't like you're so fearful of losing them again and you're so happy to get your family back that that focusing on the negative, especially when you have a mission like this to accomplish is not going to be at the front of your head. Yeah, it's like if somebody's an alcoholic and they've been sober for 3 months but they've burned you many times before, I think a lot of people just want that feeling of normalcy for a li- for just a little bit at least until the gloves are off and everything's gone to hell again. And I think this is the feeling that we're getting with Andy is that like, you know, he hasn't seen his parents in like as Jay said, like it's been years. So like 3 years he hasn't really been hanging out with his parents. He's now taller than his dad. Like I don't think any of them really wanted to ruin the moment. And even in the car when they tried to bring it up, he just said, don't bring it up. Because it's like, why why ruin the 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 cordialness that we have here? Mm-hmm. Like, we may be enemies at the moment, but, but just let's have this normalcy for a little while. Because I think everyone was enjoying the normalcy. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I think, I think there is a deep love for his parents within Andy. I don't think anything is kind of going to make him ever hurt his parents physically but his belief again is just so like not even brainwashed he's just formed his beliefs in a situation where you know you just have to keep going mm-hmm. like i mean look at season one to where he was he had a meltdown in the gym people started hating him he's been chased so ever since he's even like realized of these powers People, humans have been after him and alienating him. him. Mm -hmm. Lauren's been different. She was able to hide it. She was able to work with her parents after they found out she had powers. It's just kind of a very different situation that they've been dealing with since discovering their powers. Agreed. Um, Also, uh, Alyssa Ramos in the chat said it's been three, it's been a few months, six months. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Jace was saying years, but yeah. Six months since they faked their deaths. Yes. 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 But still six months in a teenager is like gross. Oh yeah. And in the show, it's it's a year. So like, that's true. I mean, watch episode one and watch episode now. You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're older. Totally. They are not kids anymore. Especially Andy. I agree. He looks completely different. But their reunion was... I did get teary-eyed. It was very cute. It was good. It was well done. It would need it to happen. I was so sick of the Capri Sun. (laughs) Searching. Andy, you need some Capri Sun. Quit the inner circle. I just... Look, what's really going to piss me off... What's really going to piss me off is if Kate does not just grow out of this whole thing of like, we need to have him come back i'm like he's not coming back 
And they know, they said at the end of this episode, we're like, to get him back, we have to destroy the inner circle. I kind of was like, because it's like, okay, so your son's in a heavy metal band and you don't like it. So you're like, to get him back, we have to break up the heavy metal band. That doesn't get your son back. It's also at this point. I feel like someone needs to have a talk with the inner circle. I know we've seen really nasty sides of Reva, but the the point is that she did not want to kill all those people in the bank. So how far-fetched is it? Who didn't want to kill all those people? Reva didn't Reva, want. Yeah. Like, how far-fetched really is the inner circle, like, joining the inner circle from the underground? I know that they have, underground has way more limits, and they stand for a a little bit I don't know the extent of what she's planning and obviously Andy might have foreshadowed a little bit of it but if she didn't want to kill those people it doesn't seem like she's that off them she is because she still kills people yeah it's not that she wanted to kill those 34 people it's that her means in her mind any means justifies the end that she wants she doesn't want innocence dying outside of those means but if it was kill those 34 people to make sure that her plan could happen, she still would have killed them. It's just she didn't need to kill them, so she didn't want to. Does that make sense? Yeah. The Brotherhood would, or the Underground would never kill people or intentionally kill people to justify their means, just like the X-Men wouldn't. That's true. But It just sucked seeing those cars and all their gear and it being so close but so far. That was weird, too. Where Andy's like, yeah, just roll up. By the way, I got this Xbox and then these guns. <laughs> I got this Hummer and then these guns. Oh, we got you guys flak jackets. Yo, I'm 17! What? Killing in the name of! Right? Andy's yeah. raging against the machine. Yeah. Um, Ivan Soto in the chat, uh, he keeps asking what's this Capri Sun thing. Uh, if you guys are listening or just tuning into the podcast now and you don't know about this inside joke, I'll let you in on the secret. <laughs> I use Capri Sun as my way of making fun of Kate's belief in Andy's innocence, that he's just a kid anymore. Uh, Kate is viewing the world through rose-colored glasses that everything's just as it used to be, and I use Capri Sun as a satire of that, where, like, all he needs it's Capri Sun, which is like <laughs> He's love. back to normal. Yeah, it's like saying peace and love will make everything fine again. And that's Capri Sun, where it's like, I just love saying it in Kate's voice because I just find it hilarious. It's like my way of Kate just inserting herself into, an in- into a situation with a naivety that doesn't belong in season two of ten episodes Completely. In. It's like, we've seen people die. We've seen that Andy has made this choice for himself. Capri Sun is just not going to bring him back. Okay, Kate? So that is the Capri Sun thing, guys. Okay? If you guys don't understand what I was doing there. Um, so Chill 4 asked, did he even wear the jackets in the end? Uh, I know Lorna did. I think the rest of them might not have. I don't know. What Can we quickly talk about Lorna and Marcos? I mean, they are next on the list oh, right yes. here. yes. So, Lorna and Marcos. It just drives me crazy. Great moment at the end of the episode, though. That was awesome. I'm so glad they kissed. That's why it drives me crazy, because they're so perfect for each other. It's one of my favorite couples, I think, in TV shows, because usually they're so corny, but I actually think think that they have a real chemistry on screen they do i'm just wondering like would they be good together if nothing bad was going on they're kind Mm. of like west side story romance is their romance is at the expense of the situation around them and i wonder if there was no adversity to them if they'd be in love with each other or not yeah like they fight really well together which we saw right it was so cool seeing them and that is a good point in terms of just the way their powers collide it is almost about 
their like the use. Of yeah. It. So I don't know. I, I think I think they're they're end game. Avi. <laughs> I don't. It's weird that we were introduced <laughs> to Sophia last season and then just seems to have completely dropped out of the picture for everything. Uh, we got a scene of Marcos working with the cartel earlier this season. I think it was episode four or five in the previously on the gifted, but still Sophia never popped her mm-hmm. head again. I'm interested to see if that's ever coming back or maybe the actress booked something else and it just couldn't work out. Filming yeah, wise. I would, it just would piss me off if they, cause I've heard some things where it's like, why doesn't Marcos reach out to her and, or, I'm talking about Carmen. Never mind. Is that Carmen, Carmen. Sophie. Sorry, not Sophia. I don't know why I'm saying Sophia. Carmen. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, and I just think if the underground has so many like where they will not go, that cannot happen again because they're no better than the inner circle. Yeah. I mean, probably worse. <laughs> um. Apparently, the show tonight might be interrupted by the Trump speech. That's what I was. I was going to ask you about that, but um, if it sure. is, we will figure it out. Um. Yeah. We'll tweet about it. Yeah, you'll definitely stay up to date on our Twitters. I'm at Stephen Lemieux. She's at Steph Sabra. And sorry, I keep thinking Steez because that's what it comes up with your name. Um, and we'll we'll update everyone based on whatever happens with the speech tonight and walls and all that crap. Um, but not to get political, let's keep going. Um, so Lauren and Marcos, I really love the chemistry. I love the lines. They were written really well this episode. I thought the flashback was forced. It definitely felt like a pickup. Like, they had filmed the season, they're like, oh, we need a flashback, let's go film this, and they just went to some freaking billiards club in North Hollywood and filmed it. Um, John's delivery of the lines was not good in that scene. The flashback scene just all around had issues. And they just went from, like, not saying, obviously John heard what they said, but then they just kissed and didn't give it. It was just weird. Yeah, it was just, the flashback was a was a was a thumbs down for me. Everything else about the episode I liked. Though. Yeah, I just thought the flashback was unnecessary because mm-hmm. the fans aren't stupid. I think it might have just been because we had been off for three weeks that they're like, ah, let's just throw something in there He's to remind so them that they've been together for a long time. Um, yeah, but love love them back on screen. I like that she thinks he wants to talk about Don, and he's like, girl. <laughs> Girl, there's more going on here. I know. I love that part. She's like, did you get the text, the picture of Dawn? And he's like, yeah, thanks. Like, <laughs> you said you didn't want to talk about it. I haven't even met her, really. Like, God. Um, so let's move on to Andy and parents. We mentioned a little bit. Uh, finally, the parents know that Andy's, like, totally with like-minded people at the Inner Circle, and that's what he believes in. I don't, I don't agree with their decision saying if they destroy the Inner Circle, they'll get him back. Um, because... You can take the country out of the cowboy, but I, I don't know what analogy I'm trying to use, but you I know, know what, what I'm trying mean. to, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah. Even if they lead Andy to, like, the good side by getting rid of all alternatives, he's still going to have that darkness, and he's still going to want humans to stop wanting to kill mutants. And you can't control people unless you are Charles Xavier. And it's like, it is next level as opposed to just throwing someone in the air and being very direct with cracking someone's bones. That's a, just a different mindset. I mean... I, I think. I just think that's next level where that would be... I don't think you can... 
I don't somebody, know how you not tra- train that out of someone. I mean, did you see that somebody in Brazil tried to mug an MMA fighter and the MMA fighter like literally beat them half to death until they were like begging the fighter to call the cops? It's like if you aim a gun at somebody, expect to get some bones broken yeah. or you're just ass totally beat. I'm sorry, but like if somebody tries to mug me on the street and like I'm going off on them like. But you don't have. I feel like Andy's so good with his powers now. It's very like he knows what he can do. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I, I think what what was the issue wasn't that he broke the guy's legs. It was that after the guy was disarmed, he kept torturing the guy. Yeah, like if he had just been like, you tried to shoot my sister, and then he just broke the dude's legs, everyone yeah. would be like, yeah, yeah. Everyone watching would be like. You go, Andy. It's because it, it was like torturing an animal at that point. He was viewing a human as an animal, and it was animal abuse from a mutant point of view. <laughs> yeah, that's a great distinction. It was the the time length between yeah, his. It movements. was that he just like kept going into <laughs> yeah. it. He's like, you see those fingers gone. Hey, you see that hint gone. Watch me make your legs disappear. I mean, I thought they could have done something cooler, where like he freaking made the guy like sink into the ground with his powers or just i thought they were going to do some diablo lord of destruction stuff and just explode the guy like i thought there would be some craziness going on and all he did was break the guy's legs i'd say the guy got off pretty easy yeah depending on the fact that they were like yeah a couple people died 15 people are injured it's like i don't see it being the same thing when they're like yeah, a couple people died, 15 are injured, and you should see what they did to Kyle. I'm like, no, you should see what they did to the guys that died. Yeah. Like, they, they're dead. I know. When they came back and said that, I was like, oh, great. Like, now you guys are going to go off that point. I mean, his name's Kyle. Like, what do you expect? You expect to keep your legs unbroken Hang with a Kyle. name like Kyle? <laughs> I'm just kidding. What's there be a Kyle in the chat? I just remember South Park where they're like, who the hell are you? Kyle. Just like the random episode, like 10 seasons back or whatever. All right, let's move on to Andy and Lauren. So we get the dream sequence, which was interesting. Uh, we can tell that Andy is definitely perturbed by the fact that, hey, you killed your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> it's happened to most of us. Most of us. Like, Steph's killed her girlfriend before. Yeah. We've all just killed our girlfriend. Yeah. Call up OJ and be like, okay, that I was... I need advice. <laughs> just kidding. Write a book about it. Oh, my God. Anyways, the dream sequence, (laughs) Lauren Lauren is not having it. Isn't it interesting, though, that we now know that at any time through the dreams, Andy or Lauren can know exactly where they are? Yeah. Like, he could just know the apartment complex they're in from the dream. He's just like, oh, this address, cool. Let me just write that down in my dream book and put it in my dream journal. Yeah, that will be interesting moving forward, plot-wise, because if they continue separate and then... I think our, some of our predictions, I believe, from the first season was that, like, Reed would die and Andy would be by the hands of Andy, maybe, and he'd be completely unsalvageable. And then it's like, oh, I can just dream and see where they are. And- if, yeah, I see if, if Reed dies now, and this is all conjecture, if Reed dies now, I think it has to be to save Andy from a situation that Andy put himself in. Yeah. And I think that's the only thing that could bring, not the only thing, but that is something that could bring Andy back to reality as far as... Um, like love and family? Yeah, as far as like thinking about how his decisions can affect others, even the people he's against. So like, 
Reed will have to get his powers back, and I could see Reed's powers, like, overloading. They foreshadowed this already, where they said that continued use of this gene therapy can cause a very bad reaction where your powers overtake you, and I could see this happening to Reed. And oh, it is scary. It's either going to be Lauren and Andy having to come together to use their powers to save Reed, or it's going to be Lauren having to seal Reed within, like, a room or something so they don't all die. I don't know. I just see they've really... As much as I, I, I don't mind Reed's character, people are calling him Papa Dumbass in the chat. I don't necessarily dislike Reed's character too much. He's he's doing the best he can. Um, he's not as vocal. Kate's the more vocal one. I haven't heard Reed talk about Capri Sun. So, like, I don't know. He's kind of more, I think after seeing Andy in this situation, he's a little bit more realistic in the fact of, like, damn. Dang. Um but yeah, they're really foreshadowing his demise in know, a big way. But I really do like Reed as a character. Yeah. I do, and I like Stephen Moyer. I think Stephen yeah. Moyer is great. So I mean, it would be to the detriment of the show to lose him. But at the same time, if they play it right and do it well, which they've been doing well, like I've been stumped on a few things. I think I think it could be a satisfying reaction to his if he dies. A satisfying reaction to his death. Mm-hmm. The writers have been doing a good job, is what I'm saying. Um, if they wanted to keep him, they would have made his powers manifest normally. Yeah. That's what scares me. Exactly. Like they could have just had him learn to use his power, but no, it's all about destruction and it's all about building up over the years. Yeah. And it's all about him trying to control them right now Mm -hmm. with medicine and how that's going to backfire. So we'll see. Um, I'm interested to see what the next part of Reva's plan is. Same. Cause she's been absent for, I think the past two basically. Um, Taya Davies says in the preview for episode 11, it looked as if Lauren was trying to use her powers in a dream with Andy. So maybe there'll be a fight scene where we'll see Andy's room being torn apart while he's sleeping. That would be interesting. Can things from their dreams manifest in real life? Mm. That is a good question, which hopefully with the answer to tonight, aside from that, we are out of time, but thank you everyone for watching and tuning in. And hopefully we'll know the schedule soon of our next episode. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if, if, if all goes if it's all according to plan, um, <laughs> it's all part of the plan. We're going to be taping 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time until the end of the season. Uh, Tuesdays, that is our time. Uh, we will be live on YouTube and we'll be here. Um, for the finale, I believe I'm going to try to set it up so we can do a watch long for sure. Watch the finale with yes. you guys. Uh, and if you joined us for that before, it's where we watch the episode with live commentary. So you can kind of hear stuff, but you're not going to be watching it. But you can just have it on in the background with us. And, yeah, that way we can all enjoy the finale of Season 2. Hopefully the show gets a pickup. If you haven't already, we got 13 likes, so please hit that like button. We got, like, 24 people watching. And then uh, comment after the stream is over. Thanks so much. Where can we find you, Steph, in the meanwhile? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Steph Sabra. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. And if you guys haven't... Uh, go check out twitch.tv slash afterbuzz, A-F-T-E-R-B-U-Z-Z. Yes. If you are a Twitch watcher, please hit that uh, follow button on there. There's going to be some really cool stuff happening there in the future, uh, including me, including Steph Sabra. Yes, I'm so excited. My first time using Twitch. Including a lot of your favorite afterbuzzers. I just totally decked out the trailer to be a, a, a gaming studio. And for like anything that people want to do, we might have a host doing yoga. We might have a host doing like spiritual stuff. Uh, we got a lot going on. It's gonna I'm be so excited about that. Eight hours a day, six days a week, we're going to be streaming on Twitch. So uh, please check that out. Um, for now, though, the enemy or the NMI of my of my NMI is 
my friend, and all of you guys are also my friends. So welcome to 2019, and we'll see you guys later tonight, if not tomorrow, depending on the whole Trump thing, um, if we're walled off or not. So see you next time. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.